Good evening. You are listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88 and Fans Only Sports Network. I'm Adam Wright with CJ Medeiros and Justin Hill. We're here to talk some pro football with you tonight. And we have a couple things to talk about, uh, starting with the Pro Bowl, which might be eliminated entirely. So imagine that. You are going to be the only sport out of the main, out of the top four uh, sports in the U.S. to not play some form of an all-star game they're thinking of of replacing it with some sort of you know skills challenges which would be fun but they're not going to be playing in any sort of pro ball they're thinking instead of improving it we're just going to scrap the the whole thing entirely but what do you guys think of that idea that they might actually just take away the pro ball completely well let me tell you something madam i like this idea I think the Pro Bowl and all our star and all all star games are moronic, and I mean it's just oh, they make a selection in every sport. This is not just limited to the NFL; it's lim- it's every sport. They just they make a whole show out of like, oh, look at how many Pro Bowl or All Star appearances he has. The voting is stupid. All right, it's like big names having awful seasons get it. Like rightful or players that should rightfully be there get snubbed. And it's just no, like, and furthermore, the Pro Bowl in the NFL sucks. But then again, I think All Star games suck because there's no defense. Looking at you, NBA, but oh my god! But honestly, I would rather watch the skills challenges, and I feel like a lot of Americans would agree. Like the skills challenges get infinitely more views than the actual Pro Bowl does. It's because it's basically touch football. Okay. Now, I mean, maybe if you get rid of the Pro Bowl. Do like skills challenges or something, or maybe if you must, hey, you know, have your uh, grand roster unveiling, you know, just to keep, uh, you know, you know, just to keep people like Brady happy who have like umpteen Pro Bowls, you know, you, you can do that. But no, should there be a game? Probably not. No one gives a hundred percent in those, and rightfully so, because you know you might get hurt. But if you like beefed up the skills challenges and stuff, that would be great. There's so many, and they should bring back some of the old ones. Like I remember. Uh, my dad, like this is like when I was young, my dad was telling me they would like dip the front of the football in chalk, huck it down the field on a giant target, see how accurate they could be. Heck, there used to be a competition like where it was like a lot of like the bigger arms in the league. Like in the 90s, it was like Favre, Manning, and Bledsoe would just like huck it deep so you could throw it the furthest. See that? Stuff like that's interesting. The actual game, not so much. What do you think, Jay Hill? You make a great point, CJ. When you look at the Pro Bowl situation, I've said it for years, it needs to be gone. Look at the Pro Bowl. The Pro Bowl is basically a vacation for players who didn't even make the Super Bowl or the playoffs in, in some cases. For instance, with the Pro Bowl with the Pro Bowl this year, you had, like, the two-hand touch. Referee just calling just ridiculous stuff. Like, it's, 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 not even a, it's not even a game anymore. It's basically, like, a vacation place where you just, like, play touch football. You know what I mean? You know, like the touch football you and I were playing back in September, CJ? Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's basically like something like that. But but at the same time, these are national football players. And I understand, yes, you don't want to get hurt before off-season workouts or before you hang out with your family and do your summer, your, your winter routine, basically. But the exact same time, they need to just stick to, like, the events, what they do before the game, like what you're saying, CJ, like the, the throwing contests, the running and all types of things with that. For instance, when you if you if you get rid of this, if you get rid of the pole bowl, like it'll be a great tool for fans. But you can definitely make change. You look in the NBA, not to go off topic. You look in the NBA, they did make a change towards the All Star game to make it competitive in the last quarter. You look in the MLB, the MLB All Star game is always competitive every single year. But to get on track with this here, if you want this to still be a thing, you have to change some rules to it. All right. If no one else is going to defend the Pro Bowl, then I will. Look, you are you are the National Football League. Like you are the most popular of the of the big four main sports. You you supplanted baseball as America's pastime in the 90s. And now and now and by the way, uh, the MLB has a better pro, has a better All-Star game than you do. And instead, in, instead of turning around and saying, and saying, what can we do to improve it? You're just going to scrap it entirely. 
I don't, I don't, I really don't like that. It, you see, being, being an all-star or a pro bowler, especially representing your team is a great honor to, to your, to, uh, to the league and to your team and the, and the fans love what, uh, when I used to watch the all-star game, I used to love watching Xander Bogarts and Mookie Betts play. And what the pro bowl has turned into is just this big, is this thing where, you know, Oh, like the, our Patriots don't even play. It's that it's really just that irrelevant. So like what I think they should do is tr find a way to make it work, make it work. You could put it during the season. You could put it. You you could make it after the season when players are when players are all recovered or something like that. But to just scrap it entirely, I just hate it. I don't like it. You got it. You got to find a way to make it work because you are the NFL. You cannot the only league out of the big four sports to not have any form of an All Star game because it's actually it is a good statistical measure as well to look at and set and see. Oh, he's had he's a four-time pro bowler. This is great. Now they won't have that. They'll have skills competitions, but that's not really it's just not it's just not the same. And those are those are those will be fun. And I used to like all the ideas that they had, but it's just not you need a pro bowl. Well, Adam, well, first let, let me just say this. You say the people like watching it. Well, uh last Pro Bowl got in about we'll call it a uh, six point seven million viewers. That figure's the lowest since two thousand six, and well, it's a seventeen percent drop since uh, two thousand nineteen. What? what did you I didn't say, say people. I didn't see. Pe yeah, you say said people, people like, like watching it, but apparently, uh, no, no, they don't. And let me tell you something. The people might like it, be that as it may, but the players sure don't. The players don't care. And but I, I do agree with you that it should be after the season. That way, some of the big names who went to the Super Bowl could play. At least make it during right. the season when players no. are are playing it. Uh, are playing anyways. But why would they why would they do that? I never said why would they do that? I just said in other sports, I just said in other sports, player uh, fans love seeing that they're one of their the players on their favorite team is is nominated to see them represent their team. I didn't say that in this sport that people, mm -hmm. you know, they love mm -hmm. the nominations. They love seeing, oh, yeah, you know, well, Mac no one watches it, but in other sports, they watch it. The Pro Bowl is like one of the least popular like all-star games, for lack of a better term, in the right. U.S. But if I may, I have some thoughts I've spoken to with you know with some people that uh you know peer-reviewed, if you will, that I think could help. First of all, put it after the season so that some of the really big names that make it to the Super Bowl, you know, can play. But for God's sakes, this is gonna make me sound horrible. Get it out of the U.S. Because it's now it's in like Florida, or it's, I think it's gonna be in Vegas or something, or it would have been, I don't know. But like, no, like players, you used to be in Hawaii, and players are more enthusiastic. It's not every day you go to Hawaii. Put it like, I don't know, the NFL wants to expand. Maybe have it in Munich or or Mexico City or England or, or wherever else you want to. Maybe maybe in Japan, like wherever else you want to expand. Right. Because not only with the players care more because you know you're in a new city and you got impressed that foreign audience it could line the nfl's pockets as well it's just you know location is everything and if you could bring that the pro bowl overseas where it should be you know it was just that's more money for everyone and on top of that you would get a better product because the players would care about playing in front of a foreign audience you know make a good first impression that's what, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Figure something out. And I, I mentioned changing the dates, changing locations, a good thing too, because you, you said, you know, they've been, they've gotten a little lazy. They've got, they've started just putting it in the U S which is where, you know, players, players travel all the time to go all over the, all over the country, go somewhere else, go somewhere else. That, that, that's a good idea. I like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's, scrap, it's been I don't like scrapping it entirely. That's just, yeah. it's, it's stupid. It's you're like you can't be the only sport out of out of the big four major sports in the U.S. to not have a Pro Bowl, especially since you are the NFL. I mean, the NHL has has kind of figured it out. The MLB has figured it out. Their their pro their their All Star game is is infamous. It's well known, and people actually view that. Why can't you figure something out? When you look at the NFL, Adam and CJ, if you want to make the game and meaning the Pro Bowl a better a better way. Talk to your players. We've seen this so many times in the NFL. What what can like what could be better done? Such as like you know like regarding rules and like different other things. If you are like a player, like for example, I remember Alvin Kamara or whoever it was after one Pro Bowl, they need to make a change or something like that. 
like listen to your players and and also expand like what you were saying before CJ maybe like play in California maybe play around in like Italy play Cal- in California's maybe. California's in well, well look at South um, yes South yeah. Stadium if I'm got the stadium wrong name wrong that can hold almost like seventy five thousand seats like anyone in LA can go to the game but most said and done they need to they definitely need to expand and if you want this to continue. You have to come up with a change because we're seeing it all in sports. They're definitely making change, but the NFL has refused to do something. I think the last good pro, the last good Pro Bowl I saw, I think it was two thousand six or two thousand seven when Sean Taylor did the big hit. But there needs to definitely be a change. We have a couple of comments, starting with Jeff Medeiros, who said players can still be named to the Pro Bowl and the game not played, so the stat can still be on the resume. That's a good point. I understand that. It, I also think there's there's also an honor to it of being able to play in the game, and I think that I think they've they've kind of what and to say that they don't care about that they don't care about the game itself that is true nowadays. But that I think that's because the league has watered the sort of the, the game down to the point where it's just not even you know nobody cares anymore. It's just like eh, like yeah, I, it's great being named as a Pro Bowler. That's what it is now. But and especially when you're an all pro, that's awesome. People love that. And when we when and I was really paying attention to see whether or not it would be Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady would be nominated for the all pro. And it was it was Rodgers. I still think I still think Brady should have been MVP. That's neither here nor there. But yeah, I, I mean, that that is correct. That, that sentiment is right. But I mean, it's just I, I blame it on the league. The fact that playing in the game, the players don't care anymore. I blame that on the league because you you really mm-hmm. because it, there was a point where the Pro Bowl actually mattered and people actually tuned in and players actually tried. Now they're not trying at all and nobody cares. And that was mm-hmm. back when I, I believe they were what were they doing the Pro Bowl after the season back then? I don't know, but I know it was in like Hawaii. And they and, they, and players they, cared, you know. But now they're doing it in Florida. They do in like the Gator Stadium. It's like, oh yeah, Florida is so special to the NFL. Yeah, yeah. They they got they got three football teams down in Florida. Yeah, that's so a bunch like, of no, no, no. I'm just saying a location moving the location would help so much, and that's why I say, like, you know, if you want to test the waters in like Germany, heck, have it in Munich, and like I said, also do it after the season. Let me ask you a silly question, guys. Do you think the NFL, such as Roger Goodell, beg players? For example, you had Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes at the Pro Bowl this year. Do you think the NFL begs some of these star players to show up to the Pro Bowl? Because I, I personally think, I personally think so. I, I don't, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I don't, I don't know. It's possible. I mean, I'm sure the players still want to, you know, be there mm-hmm. just to be with all the all the players, and, and I'm sure that they're friends with a lot of the players around the league, and they'll just go just to just for the fun of it. But nobody yeah. really wants to actually try in the actual game and get hurt. Yeah, 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 yeah. And not we all say, know why say, they go to the Pro Bowl. Yeah. Not to say like beg, but like you know, there, there, there's some yeah. cases where they ask like places, like, please, like not saying please, like just 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 come for this, just to organization you know what i mean mm-hmm. mm-hmm. now the way i see it and plus we all know a real reason if there's a big name upcoming free agent like you know like in the uh, pro bowl you know they're gonna get swarmed by like all the players like hey come to my team no come to my team that's like one of the real reasons why the players go but that's neither here nor there it's kind of more the way it works in the nba where players you know players no, no, no. Get i'm body sorry body. did you see jc jackson turns- this offseason and Taran Matthew where they were like players coming to me like, hey man, like there were so many pictures. I'm sure it does, but not to the not to the extent that it happens in the NBA. I mean, it's basically turned into an AAU league where just players just want to play with their friends and just hang out and be all buddy buddy. And it takes away from all the you know, it take it takes away from all yeah, of well, the I agree. Uh, I'm just worried the, the, the I mean, I've, I've seen the, that in the NFL and now players. it's like yeah, I hear you, but it's like I'm worried the NFL is going down that route too. I'm sure there is a correlation there because mm-hmm. you know we are. I'm I'm sure it's not a coincidence that the league has that this off season and last off season as well. If you guys remember, it the, the player movement has just been crazy. Uh, but we do need to move on. And next, we are going to talk about the new nomination for this season of the HBO docu football uh, reality documentary of hard knocks it's going to be the arizona cardinals we're going to talk about some of the storylines that could be featured from this team it's a very intriguing pick we'll get to that next this is the fumble ruski podcast
Welcome back. This is the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88 and Fans Only Sports Network. I'm Adam Wright, CJ Medeiros, Justin Hill with you. And so the fo- the nomination for the Hard Knocks documentary has come out and it will be the Arizona Cardinals. So this is an interesting one. A lot of a lot of different storylines from this offseason. The team overall has improved a little bit and they, you know, they, it was an in, it was kind of a dramatic season for them. They had a great start to the year and then they sort of fell off a little bit. So this upcoming season is going to be an it's going to be an interesting one. There was the contract dispute with Kyler Murray and there was also, there's also DeAndre Hopkins four game, uh, excuse me, six game suspension, along with Marquise Brown being traded to the team and being a former teammate in college of Kyler Murray. So that's going to be interesting. Plenty of storylines with this team. But what do you guys think of uh, this this uh, new team being on Hard Knocks? Uh, first, all right, I got a question. Did the Cardinals like get on like the Hard Knocks or? Oh no, 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 never mind. I just saw the headline. It's the in-season hard knocks. And honestly, I don't know. If I were a team, I would not want to be on the – I mean, hard knocks during training camps, fine. But in-season, I would not want that. I really wouldn't. That's just an unnecessary distraction. And, you know, I, I'm just – I'm not – I mean, hard knocks by itself is fine. I think the in-season one's ridiculous. Just another shameless cash grab by the NFL. But – I will say this. I, I do think it's going to be very interesting. And maybe there could be a bit of a hard knocks curse. You never know. Because the Colts were really good. Then they flamed out at the end of the season to Jacksonville. And so if you're like, oh, is the hard knocks a bad influence? Well, the Cardinals have a history of flaming out at the end of these seasons. So, you know, let's uh, let's see if that happens. But more on the Cardinals, though. I, I just I'm trying to think of like how to put this. They um I want to see like what goes on there because you know Kyler Murray's unhappy and you know he hasn't even signed his deal yet. I think at that time Hopkins might be back, so it's gonna be interesting to see like how they gel. But I'm really interested in Cliff Kingsbury because because as, as I alluded to earlier, Kingsbury and the Cardinals always start out hot and then all of a sudden the clock strikes twelve, they turn back into a pumpkin and uh, and then they can't move the ball to save their life. I mean, like what was it, like the past two years they started out so good and then they fell apart. So I, I'm hoping Hard Knocks can maybe capture some of that. Like, what's really going on behind the scenes? Why do they completely flame out at the end? Those are the real questions. With this decision here with um, Hard Knocks choosing the Arizona Cardinals, it's really going to be very interesting what I really want to see with the Cardinals, such as the issue with Kyler Murray, the DeAndre, uh, DeAndre um, Hopkins, and what the team is going to do without Christian Kirk, if, if, that, if I'm missing his name. And, like, just regarding with their defense, because – the Cardinals, they had a great season. They began the year, they began last season A and O and all of a sudden they just went on a losing spree and then they wound up losing to the LA Rams in the wildcard game. If you look at this here, you guys, it's gonna be a very interesting show. Uh if you look at um, you know, I call I'm not gonna be calling name calling by well, you know my name for Kyler Murray, Kyler DeWent Murray. I would like to see what he's going to do in this series throughout the whole season. I would like to see what his attitude brings. You've heard a lot of rumors this offseason how he Kyler could be and Tua, you just straight up hate don't you <laughs> no i'm not a hater i'm just i'm just saying he's, oh you he's you you whip. definitely are no no he's a complete whip but that's I, a, you know, <laughs> I wouldn't, but in my opinion i, I mean really, is he really wrong i really i really want to see maybe two teams in hard knocks this year in the in the like season it could have been maybe the Tampa buccaneers or the loss or the not i was gonna say the LA LA Rams, but no, the LA Chargers. I would maybe want to see maybe those two teams. For example, like with Tampa Buccaneers, they have an all-black coaching staff, a black head coach, a black defensive coach, a black office coach. I would love to like see something like what are they going to do to help out Tom Brady in his potential maybe last season, which it could. Maybe with the LA Chargers, look at what they've done, traumatic moves this off season, what the team is going to bring. But it's going to be really fun to see what the Cardinals are going to do in this hard Knock series. I was definitely. All right. So I love this pick. I really do love this pick for for hard knocks. And I like. I don't want. I don't want to pick the team that's just the best team or the worst team. That I want to. I want to pick. I want it. I want the team for hard knocks to be the most intriguing one. The one with the most headlines. The one with the most. You know, it's it's tension. It's it's TV. It's television. I want to see. I want to see some stuff. And what I particularly want to see 
is the contract dispute between Kyler Murray and the team. I want to see how this relationship shapes up and how and how everything mends together when we when we get into the season with Kyler Murray and his team because it's clear that it that things were not good over this offseason. And I want to see how this shapes out during the course of this season. Will will they will the Arizona Cardinals be uh, uh rise above it and be a good team and will Will they? Will Kyler Murray and his team make up, or will things just go to go to uh, uh, go to go to go to crap, and just stuff hits the fan? You know, I want to see that. I want I want to see how things go, and I want to see tension. I want to see tensions really just fly. You know, and I think that's going to that's I think that's a great thing to show, and. I also want to see the the relationship between Kyler Murray and Marquise Brown. I think Kyler I think Kyler Murray is a, a player who you know he likes to throw the ball a lot more than Lamar Jackson, and Marquise Brown is kind of a bit of a fish out of water in Baltimore. I know he put up better statistics this past season, and he had a better rapport with Lamar Jackson in the passing game, but he was still he still wasn't quite a fit. In Baltimore, they were more of a run-first offense, and they couldn't really—he couldn't really fit there. And I know our our pal Justin Tucker, who is not on the show with us tonight, I know he has some strong feelings against the Marquise Brown trade, but I think it worked out for the Cardinals because he just fit. It just seems like he fits that scheme a lot better. Kyler Murray and Marquise Brown—they were teammates back, uh, uh, back in college, which is why both players. Uh, were first round picks. They helped each other out a lot, and now they're going to be now they're going to be teammates. I want to see how that goes because I think that could work out low key better than how DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray worked out. I know Kyler. I know DeAndre Hopkins is a better player than Marquise Brown. That's hard to dispute. However, I think I think De- I think the relationship between the two is going to produce better numbers, and it it might make for a better team. It'll be a more fun offense to look at. Uh, and I think it'll be a little more, uh, I, it'll be less uh, uh, dysfunctional. I think, I think it'll function a lot better. So I, I really do like this pick. There's a lot, there's plenty of headlines uh, go, going around through this Arizona Cardinals team. And I really want to see it. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, I guess it's just, like I said, um, you know, yeah, I mean, you know what I'm interested in. I want to see, like, you know, why they implode. And, but honestly, it's just like I said, the thing with Kyler, like you said, is like, you know, uh, it's, it's extremely interesting. Truly, I mean, that's yeah. really all I got. I mean, it's just, it, it's the whole thing was just childish. And I, I don't want. I'm not taking either side. I, I'll take the Cardinals. But <laughs> but, then, but then I get criticized for calling him a wimp. <laughs> yeah. I'm not. I'm not criticizing you for calling yeah. him a wimp. I'm just just call it as it is. You're hating on him. You're hating no, him. That's not. That's not hating. That's just calling him a nickname. I have plain nicknames. But call, the, the, that nickname him, is I, hating. I call I'm Mike not a fantasy curse. I call Tua no no throw Tua. And and, and for this guy here, I call right. Tua that's all. And that's all hating. <laughs> I'm it's, not it's, saying it's whether or not it's justified or unjustified, but that's yeah. that's what it is. No, Got it me. is. It is. If you're, you're calling him away, if you called, if you, if Kyler Murray was on the show tonight oh, and you God. said, "Stop being a wimp," how do you think he would respond to it? Okay, so, say, so, nah, so he's not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna call the man a wimp. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna question his ability of how of a teammate he is and the, and, 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 and the way he associates things. But I'm not gonna call a, a grown man a wimp like like you, you know won't what do I it mean. to his face. He'll just do it behind but, his back. Well, well, I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I'm not. I'm not <laughs> coward at the same time. Doesn't like. So so will like, you or will you not call him a wimp? Like, I'm gonna call up Kyler Murray and we're gonna try and have him on the show. It will see what I see how you react. I will. I will criticize him for what he does, but I'm not gonna call a like a man like. Like, how can I say? I'm not gonna be a cow. I'm gonna definitely say, like, yes, I did say that you are a wimp, but why do you act like this way? No, you are a quarterback. <laughs> so you're gonna ask, why are you a wimp? Not calling him a wimp. <laughs> hey, you know that might be the best answer to take, honestly. At the, at the exact same time, he's gonna leave the show. Right at the exact same time, he was even if no, he won't even answer that. You know, these players are all self entitled and all that. Yeah. The reason why I call him what he is is because. 
the amount of controversy and it was during this whole offseason. We, we we talked on podcasts in February through March about this guy, and it got to the point where you hear his name too much. That's when the nickname came up for him. If he was oh, to come on this show, I would I would criticize him and ask him why were you acting like this way? And if he has a problem with what I said, I can accept his hate. I can accept mm. it. But at the same time, I'm going to talk to you as a man because we're all human at the end of the day. So wouldn't, wouldn't you rather not – I mean, I wouldn't say why are you a wimp or just ask why Why did you – why did you your agent come out and make this statement say, uh, about all saying that things, you want to yeah. be paid like you, like you are, hmm. that – uh, you know, come out and say that. Uh, why? You know, why did you unfollow your all, all of your team's social media on on mm-hmm. Instagram? Either way, like he that. wouldn't answer that. Like, because you know, players, you know, can't dare tip their hand because because they're aware that they're being petty. That's the thing. They they know they are, and the, but you know, they're not going to be caught dead saying that. I mean, look. With all due respect, that's just not a question you ask someone. Because, I mean, even if you did, you know, they're not going to answer it. Because they're like, oh, my God, how dare you call me out? Well, that's my point. There's really no way. Like, this is criticism, and it, it yeah. is hate. Just cri- criticizing him and saying, "I like, you're a wimp. You, it's not okay to unfollow your all your team on social media. And just, I mean, that's basically taking everything out and taking it, making it public. Why can't you just do this behind closed doors? Okay, exactly. and I, I'm not saying that it's yeah. that what you're saying is unjustified, yeah. Jay Hill. So, I'm so just saying that I'm I'm just saying that it is criticism and it is mm-hmm. it is hate. I'm so not saying it's unjustified. Right I literally yeah. I agree with so you. Let me let me let me give you an example here. Not this is this is this is football talk. This is like based on what we're talking about. Do you remember when Skip Bayless criticized To a couple hmm. years back of what he called him, and he went on his show and asked him, "Why'd you call me that?" And Skip explained why. The same way Skip Bayless explained to T.O. what he called him. I forgot the word was on the time. You can look it up because this, this did happen. I will do the same thing with Skip Bayless to explain my reason to why I called him that name and criticize him to what was going on at the time. You know what yeah. I'm saying? But yeah. Skip, but Skip Bayless on on his, whether he was on first... Undisputed or or First Take, that's not real sports television. It's just mm-hmm. it's it's more it's, it's more so for it's more so entertainment. Like mm-hmm. I I guarantee I guarantee you a lot of the opinions that you hear Skip Bayless or Stephen A. Smith or Shannon Sharp or Max Kellerman, if you hear them off camera, they probably have completely different opinions. Mm-hmm. Beca- because you know sometimes they're not allowed to agree or they have to be out there. They have to be entertaining. It's all an entertainment factor, which is why I kind of don't really take ESPN seriously, and I'm I'm starting to trend that way towards Fox Sports as well. Their their so their sports shows are just their sports shows are complete jokes. And you and uh, like us, like sometimes sometimes on our show we do we will get a little. I mean we we like to we like to have focus on the inter, uh, on the entertainment factor a little bit because we want it, we want this to be a fun show for you guys, but we also want to tell things how it is. We don't want to t- we don't want to sort of censor anything. We don't want to just be too afraid to agree on things. We'll give our takes and we'll be as fun with it as we can. But at the end of the day, we're not going to compromise uh, our integrity with our uh, in sports in just because we want this to be fun to fun to watch. This is journalistic integrity. Hmm. And careful, those words are foreign to ESPN. Yep, and Fox Sports and <clears throat> CNN. Hmm. And so what's yeah, like it's just I just don't what don't take a lot of what you hear on Fox on you know ESPN seriously. Just I don't I talk I talk, I talk my own meanings. You get what I'm saying, Adam? I, talk yeah, own, I, don't, I don't copy of no one. So I speak to what I speak on. You, but like I get what you're coming from. All right. Well, we do have to get going on, uh, and we're going to move on to the fan box. We're going to talk about which team that you believe is the most underrated team going into the season. A lot of changes, a lot of player movement over this offseason. We want to know what team you guys like going into this season. I'm excited for all these responses, and you're not going to want to miss this. This is the Fumble Rooski Podcast.
You are listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88 and Fans Only Sports Network. Adam Wright, CJ Medeiros, Justin Hill with you. And we have reached the end of our show. And you know what that means. That means we are on to the Fumble Rooski fan box. So what that is, is we post a question filter on our episode every Monday. And you can respond with hot takes, questions, and more. And we will discuss it and give you a shout out on our podcast. Respond to next week's fan box question to be featured on our show. Now, the question of the week was, what is the most underrated team going into this 2022 NFL season. So our first response was from Diego Huertas, who said either the Eagles or the Saints. So these are two teams that we've talked up a little bit in the re- in recent weeks as they have made some sort of late, uh, late off-season additions, if you will. Uh, the, the Saints were very active during the draft. They had two first-round picks. They traded to get one from the Eagles. They got a they got a wide receiver, Chris Olave, who I believe was a reach, but still highly touted wide receiver, first round pick either way. Uh, they also got they also got a tackle to replace Taron Armstead, who was a big loss for them. So it, it's it is certainly important to keep Jameis to keep your quarterback Jameis Winston upright. Uh, uh, the the Eagles that's an interesting one. So we did talk this one up. We, uh, you guys, you guys, I wasn't on the show on uh, this past Thursday, but we talked about the Eagles after they got James Bradbury. That in of itself, the addition of James Bradbury to, to to combine with Darius Slay, vicious, vicious combo. And if both of those players play up to their potential, that's potentially the best best secondary in the league. Uh, they they improved up front with the addition of Jordan of uh, Jordan Davis on that front seven. That's going to help their run defense. Hassan Reddick, a uh, defensive end, that who is a great pass rusher. That's a gr- very good signing for them. Uh, they got Devontae. They, have, uh, D- they still have Devontae Smith, along with A.J. Brown, who is one of the better wide receivers in this game, one of the more underrated wide receivers, to tell you the truth. Uh, and they still have Miles, uh, excuse me, uh, uh, Miles Sanders on that team for Jalen Hurts. So it's either Jalen Hurts can play or not. And if not, they do have fir- two first round picks in next year's draft. But I think either way, this team is a playoff team, regardless of whether or not Jalen Hurts can play. Uh, so I like that one. What do you guys think of it? Oh, uh, yeah, I, I definitely agree. You know, the, you know, the, you know, the, the, the <clears throat> sorry. You know, I agree with Philly. We we spoke about Philly and uh, the Saints. I, like I said, uh, getting Jameis back, I think, was key because, you know, Jameis was pretty good before he tore his ACL. And I wasn't crazy about the Olave pick, but it works. And they just got Jarvis Landry. So, you know, that's going to help a lot. And their offense should pick up a lot. And, you know, I, I feel like both of them, you could say, are most improved. I, of course, lean to Philly because, you know, the Bradbury and uh, Brown signings. Yeah, with um, with 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 the team you just mentioned, you guys, the Eagles, they definitely made a great push in the draft when they required AJ Brown. You've heard a lot of things regarding what they're going to do this offseason. I think the Eagles have definitely approved regarding their O line and regarding their receiving core. You look at the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns they spent the most money out of any team this offseason, if I'm not mistaken. But at the same time, they got right. their- we'll get to that team though. Yeah, they got their quarterback Deshaun. And you look at the Saints as well. They re-signed Jameis. There's rumors that Breeze might return, which I doubt. But at the same time, no, he's not coming the back. Saints, That's not a rumor. But the exact same time, the Saints they definitely made great moves this this offseason as well. Yeah. All right. So Jack Robb, he said Jets or Eagles. So we already discussed the Eagles a little bit. Uh, if there's anything you guys want to add on. Uh, feel feel free, but Jets. I want to address the Jets here. They still have Corey Davis, who's an underrated wide receiver in himself, and you have Elijah Moore, who came out and showed some showed some promise. He showed some real flashes this season. I believe he had an 800 plus yard year for him. You have Michael Carter in that backfield, who's being joined by uh, uh, what's what's his name, Brees Brees Hall, Brees Hall. Who is who? It looks like that's going to be a one-two punch in that backfield. Uh, that that uh, uh, 
that de- that defense looks a lot better. That Ahmad Gardner pick at number four was a slam dunk. Like I said, the only thing they could have messed up with that pick is not picking him. If if he's there, you take him. That's just anybody else. I don't. I it doesn't work. Then they got Garrett. Then they got Garrett Wilson, and you have a you have a rookie quarterback who's going into his second year. I really like the position the New York Jets are in. This is probably the best position they've been in probably since the early, uh, the late, the late 2000s, early 2010s when they they went to back to back AFC championships. And I say this half joking. I can't wait till next year's draft when they mess up other top prospects' careers. <laughs> but I, but in all seriousness, this is a great. This they had a great draft. They they brought in. Uh, I'm forgetting. I'm forgetting the Bengals. The Bengals tight end they brought in. Uzama. Uh, CJ CJ Uzama. But great all around talent. All three of their first round picks were slam dunks. Uh, but what do you any anything you guys want to say about that? Yeah, I guess. Um, first of all, they're slam dunks on paper. Let's see how it plays out. This is the Jets, after all. That's what but, I mean. They are improved, but and this is something, especially with the Jets, that I want to say. When we say most improved, we mean most improved on paper. Your offseason and the regular season are two completely different things, and the Jets. Zach Wilson has no excuse not to suck next year. He has to take a step up. He really does. You look at the receiver core. You look at all the weapons they gave him. His O-line is getting better. And the defense is starting to become a little bit scary. Like, he has no excuse not to suck. And I'm tired of everyone saying, oh, he had flashes. There was a lot to like in his rookie season. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, there wasn't. So you and mean he just needs when, to take a step, a yeah, couple he, steps forward. Yeah, he Meaning does. He doesn't and need I mean, to... And I truly believe... If Zach Wilson does not take the next step next season or this incoming season, it's all for naught. I truly believe it. When you look at the New York Jets, like they they did a terrific job in in the draft this year, and you have to give credits to Joe Douglas, their general manager, the, their GM. My fault, their GM. Because that's what said, general manager means, man. Yeah, yeah, I know. My fault. Yeah, I mispronounced general manager. Yeah. Off day, but at the same time. They did everything regarding their draft class. They drafted the receivers. They drafted the defense. They, they've done a lot of things. Now it's all up to Zach Wilson, their, their future quarterback. Or what is he going to do? Like what you just said, CJ, is he going to be the same Zach Wilson of last season, get hurt and all? To me, I think Zach Wilson is going to have definitely a great season, maybe hopefully be in the wild card game. But that, that, I want to see what you have to say, Adam. Well, yeah, I kind of, I've kind of given my my opinion on it, but overall, like it's a, it's this is a good, they they've set themselves up very well, and I don't think I don't think I don't think Zach Wilson's under too much pressure because he's only going into his second year, and it t- usually you want to make your you want to make, uh, you want to make an accurate assumption on your quarterback about three years in, it's that's usually the timetable that you give. That's kind of the standard. Uh, when it comes to quarterbacks who come into the league, and I would like to see him take a step forward. Maybe not. He I, obviously, if he's still what he was last year, then that's a problem. But give him a couple of years. I think if he has a positive touchdown to interception ratio, then that's a, then that's good. If he throws for at least, let's say more than twenty five hundred yards, then I'll be then I'll be like, okay, you you guys might have something. Give him another year. Add some more. No, no, over three thousand. Come on, let's not let's not do that. I'm just I'm trying. Saying. He's going into his. He's only going into his second year. Is some t- okay? Yeah. It, I mean, you, like, and I mean, Mac Jones already has more expectations, and so is Trevor Lawrence. Okay. Well, he well, Mac Jones was in a much better position, better coach, better organization. Mm-hmm. You need you need more pieces, and some and I think we're just too spoiled yeah, with great. seeing some of the quarter some of the truly elite quarterbacks around the league. What about Josh Allen? Remember Josh Allen? He didn't have he didn't have a stellar second year. He wasn't. I mean, great. he was very mad, but yeah, exactly. Huh? Then he took that jump. You no, know, his second year was, but I mean, his but, well, year, yeah, no, I mean, his, yeah, his, but third, like, his third year he took the real jump. Yeah, which is but what I mean, I'm saying. Just give it some time with these with these young quarterbacks. What was crazy with Josh Allen though is that he started off. 
Yeah, he started off as a backup. Let's not forget about that. Man, I mean, even still, Trevor Lawrence also has higher expectations. That game was the number one overall pick, but it's just like I really think all their success hinges on Zach Wilson. That is all. I know, I know, I agree. It all it he's he has the keys to the kingdom. Uh, so uh, CJ said Vikings they fixed most of their problems and Green Bay took a massive step back. So do you want to elaborate any further on that? As a matter of fact, I do. Now, if you look at the draft, they got safety Lewis Seen or Cena, however you pronounce it, in the first round, and then in the second round, somehow Andrew Booth fell to them. I'm not happy about that as a Pats fan, but you know what you're gonna do. And uh, and like I said, they've seemed to have addressed their secondary. Patrick Peterson is there. He's not what he once was. We could be a great veteran leader for all those youngsters. Yeah. And Scene should come right in and produce off the bat, I would expect. And, you know, their O-line has gotten a little bit better. You know, you still have Kirk. You got Dalvin Cook. You know, you have my man Jay Jettas and uh, who could forget Adam Thielen. And they're in their real tight end, Irv Smith Jr. is coming back, and that's going to help immensely. Not to mention uh, Daniil Hunter on the D-lines coming back from injury, also great. And when I, you know, when I see the Vikings, I, I'm not saying they're going to win the Super Bowl, but they've improved quite a bit. They're already a good team, but what they did in the secondary, I think, would really help, especially since Green Bay got really weak. No more Devontae Adams, you know that that really hurts, and uh, no more uh, Zadarius Smith either. And and uh, you know they lost other receivers like Geronimo Allison, Equinemius St. Brown. Their wide receiver core is not very good. Like you're gonna need like second round pick Christian Watson Valdez to Scantling come too. out, huh? Valdez Scantling too. Oh yeah, Valdez Scantling. I knew I was forgetting one. Thank you. And you know, but you did have you Lazard. say Al Lazard? Or you said Randall Cobb? No, I'm I'm getting there. I said I'm talking about who they do have right now. I'm yeah, they have Lazard, they, Christian yeah. Watson, and Randall uh, Cobb, old and, man. And, yeah, uh, I'd I'd put I'd mentioned Watkins before him, but. Cobb eh, is there. Watkins but. is just something, I guess. But, yeah, but long story short, Vikings addressed their biggest weakness, which was the secondary, and they could really contend the AFC North. Now that Green Bay, like I said, is taking a step back. It's their move now. Right. Uh yeah, the Vikings. I have them there. I've so I've mentioned this plenty of times on our show that uh this offseason. They're my favorite to win the a the NFC North. They just they've improved in the places they needed to improve in, and teams around them have gotten worse. The Lions have gotten better, but they're a couple of years away from uh, from contention. We did have one of our one of our listeners mention him, and we'll get to that. But Ian Malern, and uh, Ian, let me know if I if I have your uh, if I have your pronunciation correct for your for your last name. But the, he said the Colts, so I do like this team. Because the Colts low key might be better than Tennessee now. Now that now that they lost AJ Brown, we'll see how Traylon Burks how Traylon Burks is in Tennessee in his rookie year. He is uh, physically a clone of AJ Brown, but physic but physicality is much different than actual skill and be and hard nosed toughness. So yeah, I and uh, I think all around that team is really good. Uh, the defense they fix things up in the secondary. They have a great offensive line, and uh, they upgraded at quarterback, which was ma- which was their main issue for a team that barely missed the playoffs. By the way, they they could have if they didn't have a slow start to that to that season, getting uh, start uh, gelling with a new quarterback, they would be in the playoffs. But they're not because you know uh, Carson Carson Wentz falls apart when it matters most. And uh, not to say that Matt Ryan won't, but Matt Ryan will fall apart in the playoffs. He won't fall apart at the end of the season. So I think that's a good, I think this is a good team. I think this is a good team. And I I really like the Colts. I mean, I I do, but I'm sorry. I still view Matt Ryan as a bridge quarterback. I I really do. And I mean, I disagree with the Colts being most improved because their biggest addition was Matt Ryan. And they entered the, the year with so much cap space, and they only used it to absorb his massive contract. They got Rocky Sin for unique. I, I mean, no, they gave up Rocky Sin for unique and Gakwe, who's not really what he was. Like, congratulations, I guess. And you got Mo Ali Cox back. It's just, I mean, I don't know. I just don't think Matt Ryan's like the long term answer. 
Oh so yeah. Oh right. And Gilmore, Gilmore, Gilmore. Yeah. That's why I said they, they really improved oh. that secondary, and they oh, still yeah. have Kenny Moore makes sense. to be their yeah, number that makes two receiver, their number two corner. And yeah, they, they got. I'm sorry. I was just saying they, they got. They might Howard. be a little. They might be a little thin at wide receiver, but mm-hmm. I think they'll be. I think they'll. I think uh, Michael Pittman will definitely be elevated by the upgrade in quarterback. Yeah. Plus, they got Alec Pierce. I think in the second round, the wide receiver from Cincinnati. That's pretty good. But right. I just. I'm not entirely sold on Matt Ryan, but I'll, I'll hold my official judgment until later. So I mentioned before uh, one of our fans, and it was Tyson Tate who mentioned the Lions. Division rivals of mine, and he's a Vikings fan, Detroit Lions can take second in the north behind the Vikings. So he's not underrating the Vikings. He's he's at the point where he's he's expecting a a division victory for the Vikings, and that's what I that's my expectations for them as well. I think they should have that division. That's theirs to lose at this point. Uh, I think Green Bay is going to be competitive, and they're they're my pick to be second. I just think the Lions maybe they'll be a five hundred or better, or they they can't be five hundred because of the new record, uh, the new the new expanded season. They'll be maybe above five hundred. That's my that's my prediction for that team. I just don't think I you know I just I just think the Detroit Lions aren't there yet. And Green Bay Green Bay will take second place. They have they have a solid scheme in place. The the team looks like it's built for defense and running the ball. They still have AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones in that backfield to hand off to. They have a serviceable offensive line, and they have a quarterback who can game manage. I'm I'm sure he won't be happy about it because we know how Rodgers loves his statistics. But the, it looks like it's a defense and running the ball team. Their secondary is deep and awesome, and their front seven has improved a little bit. They've taken a half step back in their in their. Uh, pass rush, but I, I like uh, I I like the the Packers over the Lions, but the Lions have improved. I I'll give them credit where it's due. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I like the Lions. Thought they had a good draft, especially in the first round where you nabbed Hutchinson and uh, Williams. But I don't know. I just I'm not sold on Goff, and I think Goff. If they had like a Matt Ryan, if the Lions had a Matt Ryan, I would definitely say they could definitely contend for second place. But right now with Goff, I just I don't see it. I like Goff. I think Goff is a I, I don't I think he's not the number one overall pick that he should be. But I but yeah, I I, le- I I like Goff. He's a he's more of a bridge quarterback. But if you put a good team around him, like the Ram- like he had on the Rams, then he can take you to a, to the playoffs. And he's been to a Super Bowl. So yeah, he, he but has that I mean, him. he doesn't have the Rams around him. He really doesn't. They're, I mean, look, I just the, and that Jared Goff had amazing stats that year. And like, for example, you know, oh, this is gonna bother me. Let me let me uh. Pull this up real quick. You want, you want to pull up the stats of yeah, yeah. Dunn. So All what right. year was that? 2018? 2018. Yeah. 4,688 yeah. yards, 32 touchdowns, 12 picks, 101.1 passer rating. Pretty Last good. season in Detroit, 3,245 yards, 19 touchdowns, only eight picks, and a 91.5 passer rating. I don't I don't hate him, but it's just I don't think he's a quarterback that can get you second place. He's good as a bridge, but we're going to need to see some real answers at QB for Detroit. All right, we can we can agree to disagree there, but I really like I uh, I really like what the what the Lions are doing. If they build if they build a good enough team around him, I think they can uh, they can certainly finish uh, second and maybe first if they can really build this team up eventually. I'm talking mm-hmm. in a couple of years from now. Yeah, that's true. I also don't buy into their defense, but that's a story for another day. Yeah, but um, yeah. So Tyson Tate, your Lions. I just disagree with you. Sorry, man. Love you to death, but uh, Patrick Williver said Cardinals. So we did talk up the Cardinals a little bit on their uh, on their nomination to be the next team for the in season hard knocks. Uh, yeah, that is a team that I think the offense can low key slow bet uh, uh, play better because they that rapport between uh, Kyler Murray and uh, between Kyler Murray and uh, 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 Marquise Brown. I think that's going to be a good. I think that's going to be a good connection. I really, I really like that connection, and I think it'll produce better 
than DeAndre Hopkins with Kyler Murray. And that might seem like a cold take now, but just wait till the season starts because that's season because the, the season's going to heat up. And what it's going to come down to is the relationship between the players and uh, the fact that these two were college teammates and they're, they're buddy, buddy because they were, because they used to play together. That's going to be a big factor. And not to say that Deandre Hopkins and Kyler Murray didn't have a solid relationship. They probably did, but not as good as Marquise Brown. And I think Marquise Brown was also a fishy out of water in Baltimore. Um, but yeah, what do you guys think of the Cardinals as an underrated team? Yeah, underrated. I, I definitely feel exactly the same way. Uh, like I said, I like the Hollywood ad. I know they may like, I, I, this is, I hate this because I can't put my finger on it, but I know they made like some improvements in the secondary. Maybe you guys can help me out. But, uh, but overall, yeah, they they certainly helped. I mean, it certainly helped. But I, I mean, I don't know if I'd say the most improved. But yeah, they they definitely improved quite a bit. Right. They definitely did improve regarding resigning Zach or oh, Zach Ertz and also James Conner. Zach was about there. They definitely have much. Oh, yeah, more yeah. So is James Conner. They definitely. Or no, no, no. What, James, they didn't. They didn't resign. So they resigned James Conner. Uh, so yeah. I, I thought you. I thought you said James Cook. I thought they. No, got no, no, no. I said, I said different. Different team. Yeah, but regarding with. Resign James Conner. They definitely have much more to prove, knowing that DeAndre Hopkins he's not going to come back until week six, I think, or week eight. But let's see what what the time will tell for the Cardinals because they definitely have a lot of, to improve regarding the tremendous ups, upset they happened last season. All right. Well, Nick Normand had two responses. Uh, so his first response was, "I'll go Jets. This will be the most fun Jets offense in years." So we talked about that a little bit. Um, I'm not sure if I had any have anything to add. For the Jets, I mean the Jets, they they have a they have a nice young core built up, and it's going to come down to whether or not Zach Wilson can play, on whether or not this this Jets team can uh, can can become competitive again in the next coming years. I don't think it's going to be this year. They could be solid, but I think they they're they're very close. Uh, but his other response was the Chargers. So this is an interesting one. So they were projected third in their division and had a great offseason with a top-five quarterback. Two things. One, you and CJ, you and I were talking a little bit about this before the episode. I'm not sold. I'm not completely sold on Justin Herbert being a number one or a, a, a top-five quarterback in this league just yet. He's shown all of the tools. Just he hasn't proven to be able to win yet. Mm-hmm, yeah, it's not like he hasn't exactly. had – and. He's made better. He's made big, bigger strides than most young quarterbacks in at this point in his career. We were just talking about Zach Wilson going into his second year. We remember rookie Justin Herbert, and he we were looking at him as becoming a future of a future Hall of Famer. Zach Wilson's not that, not yet at least. Um, but Justin Herbert, not sure about him. I, I know he's going to figure it out because he's just shown he's just too talented of a quarterback not to. And he has a good hat on his shoulders, but with the talent he's had. And also the Chargers, I'm not sure if I have I don't have them third in, in their division. I just I think I have the Chargers first. I yeah, think same. that's the most improved roster. That's a team that's that's that really the only chink in their armor is the in the run defense. Everywhere else, their their pass rush is awesome with Khalil Mack now added to the mix. Their secondary is awesome. Now with J.C. Jackson added to the mix, and uh, I'm I'm forgetting the rookie, the rookie corner that they also have, uh, Asante Samuel Jr. He's not a rookie, but all right. Well, he he's well he I mean going into a season. yeah yeah I he, know he was but a rookie he, last year that's what I meant yeah and he, and he got hurt so like you know basically it might be considered his rookie year they do that in the NBA <laughs> yeah I I I do like him that um I do like this Chargers team I don't I don't know if I would call them underrated. I think that's my favorite to finish first in the in the uh, in the AFC uh, AFC West, which says a lot because yeah. that division is crazy competitive. Oh yeah, I, I I'm sorry. Continue. Yeah, keep, go 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 ahead. Oh, was, thank you. Just kind of. I mean, I, honestly, I wouldn't call them underrated, but there's definitely a case to make. You know, for like the most improved. You know, they got Mike Williams back. They got a. A good guard in the draft to shore up that O line, and you know they got Khalil Mack and J.C. Jackson. The Chargers are playing Madden 
with a salary cap turned off, let's be honest. And uh, But yeah, there's definitely a case to be made, and there's certainly one of, if not the most, improved. All right. Well, Jack Hartman said Cleveland Browns, they improved at the biggest positions they needed. They did improve hmm. at the biggest position, which is quarterback. And uh, best of luck to Baker Mayfield finding a job. I'm sure he'll fi- find a way to start somewhere in the league as long as he can get off that Cleveland Browns roster somehow, who still hasn't been traded, by the way. Uh, but I they, they did improve at the wide receiver position with their top receiver being Amari Cooper, but past him, they don't, they're a little thin there. Everywhere else, they have a great defense that's only going to get better, excuse me, from, uh, from last season. And they they have a great rushing rushing attack headed with uh, with uh, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. Uh, they're just a little thin at the wide res- at the wide receiver position, and we're still not sure on whether or not Deshaun Watson will face his suspension to start the year. Uh, and we all love that phrase, innocent until proven guilty, but we all also know that uh, the NFL does not see it that way sometimes. And they love to, like, for example, Deflategate, very little evidence. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, very little evidence. Both uh, quarterback uh, Tom Brady and Ezekiel Elliott fa- face suspensions. So you could easily, we could easily see this going somewhere. Uh, but I do like, I do like the Browns. I like the Browns coming into this season. I'm not sure if they'll be division winners because that division is very very competitive just like the AFC West but uh any other thoughts about this team with the Cleveland Browns they, they have many stars in their team they just recently re-signed um clowning they've got Amari Cooper in the trade and also Deshaun Watson I'm very I would really like to definitely see what the what the ball club can definitely do with Deshaun with Deshaun Watson QB when he plays. I definitely want to see how the coach is going to operate in the system and as well. And I also love to see the running game be much better, knowing that Nick Chubb, he had a couple injuries last season, but him being healthy this year, really, I'm really glad to see what the time brings towards the football club. Any other things, CJ? Uh, no, you guys hit the nail right on the head. I mean, I All was right. going to talk about I don't like their receivers, but Adam got that. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it, that's basically the the only the only problem I have with that roster. Mm-hmm. They have a good team, but uh, other otherwise, like that's you know they they really need. I thought they were going to try and get Jarvis Landry, but the Saints snagged him. They could. This is an interesting one. They could go and get Kyle Kyle Full, uh, not Kyle Fuller, uh, Will Fuller, because he you know who's quarterback who had a great relationship with Kyle Fuller back in during Fuller's Houston days is Deshaun Watson, who is now a Cleveland Brown. So for him to be your number two receiver, barring any injuries because he does have a lot of them, that could be a good spot for Kyle Fuller. Uh, I keep saying Kyle Fuller. Uh, Will Fuller. It's just that you hear Kyle Fuller more nowadays because Kyle Fuller has been a very good corner. He did fall off a little bit during his Broncos days, but he became a damn good corner for Chicago before they cut him and then they decided and then he went to the Broncos. He's a Raven now, but that's that's hmm. why I keep on saying Kyle Fuller. So apologies there, but Will Fuller. That's a good spot and I think they need each other. Uh but any other thoughts before we end the show tonight? All right. We went a little long with our our fan box responses, but we wanted to go more thorough. Uh in t- in discussing what you guys said because we love getting your responses and Again, make sure you guys respond to our fan box. We love hearing what you guys have to say, and we would love to have you guys on the show at some point to be a guest, and we want to hear you guys talk about this stuff in person. Uh, But that'll do it for us tonight. Thank you for listening to us. Be sure to listen to us live Tuesdays at and Thursdays at 7.30 on Twitter and Facebook through Fans Only Sports Network. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We also have all our episodes available on Spotify, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Also, be sure to follow our Instagram at FumbleRooski underscore podcast to keep up with our podcast and the latest coverage on the NFL. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. Over and out.